Welcome to the More Than a Club podcast with Marty Cuprian and Delay. Birth of this podcast is coming from conversations I've had with Coach Leahy, who's been an awesome mentor for me. Really, today we're just going to introduce ourselves, talk about next, and preview what we want to accomplish with this podcast. So, just a little bit of background on myself. Uh, I grew up in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. So, shout out to Delco, uh, Jordy Barstool, our friends at the Crease Dive. Um, both my parents were public school, high school teachers, as well as coaches. My dad was an athletic director, and I grew up as a total jock. I was lucky enough to go to private school for high school. I attended the Episcopal Academy. There I was coached by a few great men that really had a huge impact on me. First one was Paulo Grady, who recruited me there, still a coach in the area. Second one was John Wynn, legendary head coach of Episcopal, who, like Coach Leahy, actually started the program there and was there for decades and multiple state championships after that. He was a mentor for me. He taught phys ed and coached there, and he was just the happiest guy. And every interaction I remember with him was a positive one. I did my senior project with him uh, before heading off to college, and that kind of confirmed, yeah, I want to be in education, Uh, maybe physical education, maybe not, but that lifestyle that my parents lived kind of um, was passed on to me and I've really been hustling ever since so to teach and to be able to coach lacrosse on the side became my next goal I wanted to teach elementary school I was lucky enough to work in Lower Marion School District while doing that got to coach their high school program both the JV and varsity teams best player I got to interact there was Jordan Wolf of uh, later fame with Duke and Um, Team USA and continues to excel in the PLL and then moved on to Episcopal Academy where I really got my dream job. I was a second grade teacher and also coached varsity lacrosse there. Andy Hayes, who had been kind of the cool young teacher at Episcopal when I graduated, uh, was now the head coach there. They had moved to a new campus in Newtown Square. Unbelievable real estate there and, and really just had to pinch myself every day that I was teaching and coaching there. As Next grew from really a startup with uh, a couple club teams or an event or two to a real brand and an industry leader in events, uh, the opportunity to do lacrosse full-time really took me out of the classroom. So I followed my heart uh, out of the classroom, been working full-time at Next. This will be my sixth school year. And really, I consider my job as an educator. Um, Yeah, we run lacrosse camps, clinics, and club teams, but I interact and influence more young kids than I ever would in just one classroom. So um, that's meant a lot to me. Lacrosse has obviously created incredible opportunities for me, and I'm super grateful. And that's a huge part of um, continuing to work as hard as as we do, is, is to pass that on, that passion. Thanks, Coach Coop or Marty, and I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to be here. So I grew up in Baltimore, and I uh, went to Calvert Hall High School. Prior to that, I played at Cockeysville Youth League, which was the place to play back in the day, and I'm, just, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. I think Cockeysville Youth League, especially under the mentor of Coach Bob Prater, was just the best foundation anybody could have in the fundamentals of the game. And just the number of families and coaches and players that I got to play with established such a great beginning to my lacrosse career, especially when we had opportunities to talk about the Creators game and have guests. Native Americans and gave you just a much deeper appreciation for 
how far back this game goes, what meaning is involved with the game. When you're a little guy at Cockeysville and five years old, and that you have a Native American come speak to you and remind you of the deepest values of the game, it gives you a different appreciation when your coach is telling you right hand, left hand, ground balls, and how important the fundamentals were. So to have such a beginning in both those fronts was just outstanding. And then off to Calvert Hall High School, where I had the opportunity to play for Mike Thomas, a legendary Thomas family of Towson. Um, they were just fantastic. Coach Thomas was great. And we went on to have a successful team there at Calvert Hall, especially in my senior year. And then from there, off to Loyola College in Baltimore, Maryland. Got to play for the legendary Dave Cottle, who probably gave me the best foundation of the X and O's of lacrosse. Uh, that I've ever experienced. He was just truly a, a genius and, and a master of, of how the games played. And um, and then from there to Philadelphia, where I got a diff- different experience, especially playing for the Philadelphia Wings and Hall of Fame coach Tony Resch, who was a friend and colleague at the moment at LaSalle College High School. But he gave me a whole different perspective of lacrosse, especially that of, of toughness and Philly ball and a way to look at the game differently, that maybe it wasn't as complex as the deep X and O's that I came to appreciate from, from Dave Cottle. And then I was a teacher at LaSalle College High School and head lacrosse coach for the past 28 years, along with being a guidance counselor. It was a real privilege to start LaSalle College High School lacrosse in 1992 from scratch. It was kind of like developing a a baby program and then watching it move to adolescence and then young adulthood. And over those 28 years, I got to work with so many amazing men as coaches, fellow coaches, players, parents, and uh, we've had lots of great success, especially uh, in some state championships and, and just the people and players that we got to, to meet and work with, especially names, as most guests know, like Tucker Durkin, maybe one of the best defensemen in the United States at the moment. Of course, Matt Rambo is, is a proud LaSalle graduate, and it was an honor to coach Matt. Uh, Nico Amato, world-class goalie. So we had lots of just great uh, alumni who were making a difference in, in people's lives and in the lacrosse community. And then it's a privilege to be a guidance counselor and work with today's youth at the high school level and, and to see the challenge that they have with today's times, the challenge being adolescent, and of course, for the lacrosse players, how they, how they manage their high school teams and club lacrosse and, and their academics. And so it's been a real honor and a privilege uh, to have a lacrosse career and to have an educational career. I'm married for 20 years, coming up on my 20th anniversary next week. I have two teenagers a daughter who's in high school, and so for guests who have um, teenagers playing lacrosse and you're looking at college, I'm right there with you, and then a son who, who's not into lacrosse or a- athletics, so I get to experience nature, the outdoors, fishing, Boy Scouts, and, and his interest, and he's a freshman at LaSalle College High School. So that's my brief background. Um, it's, I'm happy to be with everyone and thankful to Next and to Coach Coop, and I think now we'd like to look a little bit at the history of NXT lacro- lacrosse. Yeah, Coach, just to piggyback on your resume, obviously you're a pretty humble guy. Um, I'm, I'm truly grateful to have you as a friend, a mentor, and just to have some future conversations here. I think um, one thing that really interests me I want to ask you about right off the top of the bat is who these guys that have played for you that are now coaching. I think a handful of the guys you just mentioned are some of the best young coaches many would consider in really the Philadelphia area and also guys that continue to play. Anything on, on those guys as players, when you coached those guys in high school, did they stand out as, hey, that guy's going to be a coach one day? Or are, the, are these guys all kind of just um, going through the same things in high school and maybe not standing out so much? Any stories about those guys? And sometimes does it surprise you who ends up being a coach? Well, that's a great question. There have been some real characters for LaSalle across over the years, guys I've come to know and love. 
knowing that they're a coach from the beginning, that usually doesn't happen. It's watching them develop and then have the love for the game that, that kind of sends them in the direction that they'll be a good coach. I mean, I'll start with a, a Matt Rambo story. Of course, everybody wants to hear a Rambo story these days. He's just playing great lacrosse, but he's also coaching over at Chestnut Hill. And when LaSalle was heading toward the state championship in 2018, a game that we lost, but we did win the semifinals against Conestoga, Matt called me up and he said, Coach, Coach, I was at the game. I was watching you guys. I have a whole lot of concerns and questions about your invert offense. <laughs> so I knew right there that Matt was uh, on the right track. He had the bug. He's already questioning his old coach invert wow. offense. I said to him, Matt, this is stuff you haven't. You haven't ever seen. You weren't born when I was learning how to do you this. Just laughed. Yeah, but he was surely confident that I was doing this incorrectly, uh, despite our team's victory that day. And then, of course, Rob Forrester, who took over my job here at LaSalle College High School. I think he's going to be great. But I knew nice and early when he was a player on the 2004 state championship team that this guy, he had the knowledge, he had the interest, he had the care for young people that he would be a successful coach. He went on to obviously be the offensive coordinator during our Rambo years and won a state championship, but then he also went off to create his own program at the Academy of New Church here in Philadelphia, and then last year worked down as an assistant at the University of Pennsylvania. So I think LaSalle's made a good hire and takeover for his old coach, but they're two good short stories. Absolutely. I think the lacrosse world is so small. It's one of the best things about it. As it expands, it feels like it's still so small. Um, everyone is connected in some way. So my Rambo story would be the first time I coached him with the Dukes Lacrosse Club. It was the first tournament I showed up to, and they were paying me to coach. It was an indoor tournament in the winter. He was an eighth grader playing on a JV team with ninth graders, tenth graders. I said, man, that kid's pretty talented. He, he's got it more than kids that I played with at Delaware had it. Um, and I, I told him that I was impressed by him, and he goes, yeah, I know. I'm pretty good. So he kind of has that, uh, that, that cockiness that's got him pretty far. The PLL was so entertaining this past year, so be remiss not to mention that, his performance there. Uh, we call him the Babe Ruth of Philly uh, when we see him out in Philadelphia now. And then Rob Forrester was a guy, I agree, you played with on the field in the men's league game and would get you goals and be in the huddle coaching a little bit. So I think uh, he's got big shoes to fill, and I think he's been waiting a long time to – you know, have that challenge, which is awesome. So part of this podcast and our mission here is really uh, embracing the lacrosse community. So those are guys we definitely want to give love to and send a shout out to. How about Coaching USA? Uh, because when I talk to our next parents uh, about you and your role and in guidance and the fact that you're around our coaches and that you've been around the young men that have represented USA and guys like Nick Myers and Coach Resch and all of that, um, some of what you've shared with me has been really valuable, but just tell us a little bit about your experience with USA. Thanks for asking, Marty. It was a fantastic experience and very humbling and one that I am most grateful for to, to Coach Myers and the folks at US Lacrosse who have given me such an opportunity. So back in 2016, I was asked to join the, the staff in a number of different roles. I was assistant manager, assistant coach. I ran the box. But truly, I learned to serve, and that was a credit to Coach Myers, who, who gave me the opportunity to be an assistant, something I had never done before over, over 28 years. Um, it took a little bit of a learning curve for me to learn how to be an assistant, but at the end of the day, it was a psychologist, sports psychologist here in Philadelphia, Mitch Green, who we might have as a guest later on down the road, who reminded me that being assistant is an e easy job. You just serve. You just do as asked. And um, it was just an amazing experience in the amount of talent we have from young men from all over the country. 
and the culture building that Nick Myers established it's, was something new that I hadn't experienced over all my years between Calvert Hall and even Loyola College, that uh, today's times are a little bit different. And so if you're going to take the most talented young men throughout the nation and make a new team, which only met a couple times a year as you prepared for 2016 and the gold medal game and the world championship in Canada, that you had to spend time building culture and getting to know one each, each other and to be vulnerable and to care for one another, especially if you're going to go live in Canada for two or three weeks together and live in the same hotel and eat the same food every day and, and, and take on the Iroquois nation in England and Canada. And so Nick Myers was just fantastic in every way, his X and O knowledge, his team building, culture building, the way he managed the staff, his brother, Pat was the offensive coordinator, Peter Toner, the defensive coordinator, Chuck Rubling, face-off specialist coach. I mean, the entire program was just top to bottom, top notch. And so that experience, especially winning the gold medal and sudden victory excitement at the end, rarely have I cried tears of joy, but that game was phenomenal. And also the international game, how different it is. You know, 20-minute quarters and unique rules. It just gave me such an appreciation for the grander picture of lacrosse. There's lots of ways to do this, from the NCAA rules to the high school rules to international rules. Um, it, just, it kind of was that one missing piece in my experience where I had been an indoor lacrosse player and a high school coach and, and a Division One lacrosse player, but I had not experienced international lacrosse. And I guess lastly, to add, to watch the Iroquois and to watch the beautiful ceremony and their national anthem as they would prepare for their games was very meaningful uh, to make you appreciate the game in, a, in an entirely different way. And so of all my experiences in lacrosse, that was definitely one of the top ones. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about playing for the Wings back in the day? Because I grew up as a wing season ticket holder. Um, my dad had never played. We didn't really know what was going on. Lacrosse was just one of those sports that I feel like people pick up the stick and fall in love with, get passionate. And man, the Philadelphia Spectrum was the place <laughs> to be for many years. It became the First Union Center, whatever it was, but a dynasty, the Gate Brothers, Americheks, Coach Resch. Uh, talk about some of the guys you worked with or who coached then, and what was that like? Did you know what box lacrosse was? No, I didn't. And my father always reminded me, I'm not coming to watch your truck and tractor pull events. <laughs> but it was wild. You're right. The spectrum would be just sold out. The place would be out of its mind. You know, it was interesting back in, in the old days, in the 90s, was that they only had two or three Canadians on the team. Almost everybody were Americans learning how to play the indoor game. And when the Canadians, like the Gates and Marichek, would show up, they would play at such a different level that in many ways they were the coaches on the rink. And, uh, of course, Coach Resch was fantastic in managing all these talented people. And not everybody dressed. I was not a big dresser for these games. I think two or three games was my full max at five foot eight. But um, to learn to take the outdoor game and try to play indoor and watch it not work and then have the Canadians remind you both in toughness and skill that there was an entirely new way to do this, a way they had known their entire lives, and then learn to implement a different version and then be able to take that back to LaSalle College High School and take the indoor version and apply those, those techniques to outdoor players made a real difference. And I noticed that at USA under 19 to watch the Canadians outdoor play, and how many indoor techniques they, they used. And um, it was a joy to watch, especially in small town Canada where the towns just play each other. And whether they're playing on the rink or playing on the grass, it kind of still had that, that smell of box lacrosse. And it was all just good, tough, talented. And um, 
looking back at those years, especially the crowd and the fans was just overwhelming. So it was a great experience. I'm glad you were a fan, Marty. Glad you were there cheering us on. Absolutely. Uh, Brett, Brett Manny is one of my best friends. And when he graduated from Delaware, he played for the Stealth, won a championship out there, was a teammate with Paul Rabel, I think roommate out there, which we, we all were rooting for him as blue hands. And then he got traded to Philadelphia. And I actually met my wife going to watch Brett Manny's first game for the Wings. So uh, definitely a fangirl for the Wings and uh, really happy to see them back. Brett now plays for the Black Wolves, of course. He'll be with us on this podcast and people from Next and um, all around the country know Brett as, as really a face of our organization. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Next, uh, the history of our group, how we came to be, what we do. Really, we started this podcast so that we can share some of the interesting perspectives we have, uh, some of the interesting characters we run into both in our office and on the event scene uh, all over the country. So uh, as we really you know, embrace the challenge here with this show and look to grow, uh, we're going to have some awesome guests and we want to interact and, and answer questions and, and really address hot topics. But a little bit more about, about Next. Uh, some people know us as an events company. Other people know us from our Philadelphia-based club teams, clinics, and camps. Uh, really, it started with Coach Hayes from Episcopal Academy, uh, where he was the head coach for about a decade, also an upper school chemistry teacher. And then Peter Lawrence, who for 13 years was the head coach at Hartford, Division One program in Connecticut, and um, a lifelong educator himself. So Really, it was started by two educators, two teachers, two coaches. Um, and as lacrosse was really blowing up in the Philadelphia area, uh, Andy at the new campus for Episcopal Academy used that to start running camps. And they were called Trash Can Lacrosse. And really, Trash Can is just a two-on-two pickup game version of lacrosse, similar to half-court basketball. Uh, you play with a tennis ball, put a trash can on its side. You don't need any pads. There's no checking. You could play with mom, dad, sister, brother, or your neighbors that don't know how to play lacrosse. Basically, those guys had, uh, let's say they had some fun on the camp scene coaching together and really started to develop a brand with trash can lacrosse and skills clinics um, that were organized and professional. And at the end, they just played a small-sided trash can lacrosse game. I think we have heard a lot. I'm a huge fan of Jamie Monroe, his podcast, and everything he puts out. But certainly the theme of small-sided play in youth sports is something that's you know, well-discussed and we're a huge fan of. Andy and Peter went on to create the Philly Showcase, which was the first really one-day fall recruiting event in this area and quickly became a national recruiting event. And while Peter was coaching at the Division I level, uh, he helped us get college coaches to our uh, event and Andy worked really hard to get Philadelphia's best public school kids, best private school kids, and the coaches of those programs to buy into coaching that day and coaching mixed showcase teams. And um, that was during the area of uh, some bigger um, sleepover camps. And this was really, uh, from my perspective, the start of um, seeing some of the one day recruiting showcases where uh, you'd play on a mixed team. And if you got to the all star game, man, that sideline is just covered in college coaches. So a ton of exposure there for our local Philly kids. Uh, again, I'm just a lacrosse junkie, so working the college coach tent is always my job. Don't try to take that from me. I usually bring a good buddy there, but uh, we see how many donuts and cheesesteaks the college coaches eat, and we catch up about some of the guys that uh, we have mutual friends. So 
from trash can, from the Philly showcase, really the next step for next lacrosse was we had a club and I had been coaching with the Dukes lacrosse club who I had played with in high school. When I was in high school, if you were any good, you were on the Dukes and um, that was really all that was around. When I graduated college, came back to the area, it was oversaturated with clubs, but no one was really training. And um, being a part of the Dukes was amazing. I coached the team uh, that, believe it or not, had Sankey and Wolf, you know, and I went to the other field and coached the other team. They had Matt Rambo and Ryan Ambler and all these guys that uh, I'm huge fans of still and are now coaches in our area. But we didn't practice. We didn't really develop. I didn't really develop those guys. I was um, happy to be around it. It's an awesome organization. And I learned a ton from E.B. Helm, Jason Christmas, Joe Vitrone, great guys in that program. I wanted to start a program where we practiced. And I had never been a head coach of anything before. So it was a huge leap to go, hey, I'm in charge of the club. Uh, and I'm, I'm the head coach. And for me, that was the most gratifying experience I've had in lacrosse is coaching our first team. It was our class of 2014. Those guys are now professionals. A few of them actually work full-time with Next. But the things that were different about Next Lacrosse Club was we were going to train year-round. And at that time, nobody was doing it in Philadelphia. Um, right now, it seems like everyone's doing it and probably too much. At that time, we wanted to have just one roster. We wanted to have meetings during the the winter, the end of the summer, to give feedback. I remember graduating from Delaware and going, man, I had one, one really good meeting where I felt like I got great feedback in four years. And um, we wanted to do that kind of like parent-teacher conferences, you know, or student, student conferences. So um, that, those became student-led conferences. And really, as Next grew in Philadelphia, we didn't have to go far to attend great events. And where we are now, we are an industry leader on lacrosse events for youth, boys and girls, high school boys and girls, and we continue to run recruiting showcases all over the country. All of that's great. My side of next is education, and that's why we're doing this podcast, um, because we're educators. We're having important conversations with parents, with kids. We have opinions, perspectives, questions, and we really want to address topics not only in youth lacrosse um, and the lacrosse landscape, and you know the things you see on Twitter or people debating, but also you know issues in youth and in schools. And for me, perspective is the word that I'm often using with parents and with uh, players as well. For everyone in the lacrosse world, we love it. Everyone's so into it, so passionate. But we have to keep perspective. And like you mentioned earlier, it's the creator's game, and we're fortunate that we're able to continue to grow the game to have smiles around the game and to influence. And I think for me, that's what fires me up about coaching is to be able to influence and to have some fun doing it. So Coach Leahy, before I blabber on about next anymore, <laughs> uh, would love to hear from you, kind of clean me up and then your role. Like, how did you get here? You know, what do you do? And um, tell us more about what you're going to do beyond coaching at LaSalle. Thanks, Coach Coop. For that history of next that was outstanding i love the backstory of events and topics and companies so that was that was helpful and i think especially our next families give them a, a deeper appreciation for how far this company has come and what a difference we make in lacrosse lives it's just fantastic to hear that it's gone for about 10 15 years is that where we are these days yeah really 10 11 years and uh, the club's been going for 10 years so shout out to brooks melvin who works full-time with us was on our first team and uh 
it's really gratifying to see the guys grow up. It's made such a difference in families. For me, I've only been here five years, so quite short of your effort. But as director of coaching and guidance, my main role is to help coach the coaches, kind of in the art of coaching. I guess after 28 years, I've picked up just a, a couple tidbits here or there. So I, I really enjoy working with the younger coaches, especially in, in coaching training and coaching evaluations and, and problem solving when it comes to working with young people, working with parents, and, and of course, the X and the O's. When I get to work with the, the high school teams, I just resort straight back to head coach, former head coach Bill Leahy. We jump into two-man games and man-up offenses. So the whole idea of, of, of working with Next and creating a playbook and play manual and a recruiting manual, that's where I felt like I've made a real tangible difference for our families. But I would say overall, applying my, my counseling career from LaSalle over to our counseling, to counseling our families here at, at Next, is where I got to see that the club really is more than a club. That's the name of the podcast. But to watch how all of you here at Next develop players, not just as lacrosse players, but as people, as student athletes, you care for their grades, you care for their home life, you, you just care for them as people. And, and it's made a real difference. As a high school coach, my student athletes came from many different clubs and in many different areas. And little did I know that Next was down here at the Navy Shipyard, just trying to make a difference in lives, not just make better lacrosse players. And in doing so, you know, we've all benefited, especially, I especially benefited at LaSalle. Um, I've also had a, a role lately this past year or so is working with parents, kind of as a parent liaison. I've enjoyed speaking with parents. It just seems that they have so many questions, whether it's from recruiting or, or the club scene in general or their high schools. It's just complicated. I guess it's always been complicated. Now it's just complicated in, in a new way or a different way. I've really enjoyed hearing their perspectives, hearing their journeys, offering recommendations, podcasts I like, books. It seems they like stories. Uh, we all like Rambo stories, so I tell them a lot, <laughs> or Nico Amato stories. But just relating with, with parents has been a real joy, along with working with all of you and, of course, coaching uh, our young people and uh, working with our coaches. And so I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful for the past five years and the opportunity. And um, I just think we were off to a really great start with our podcast, and I think the club's in a really good place. So where do you think we're, we're heading with all this? I'm getting fired up for practice tonight. I think uh, that that's the first thing on my mind is just getting out there and uh, continuing the momentum here. Uh, I, I totally agree. I think one of the things that I've seen you do with our coaches is recommend podcasts. And I think that's where we've connected and been fired up to do more and start talking. So where do I think I'm that we're going with this? Uh, there's topics that I want to learn more about. There's topics that I think our players within our club need to learn more about and then there's constant conversations that I think parents and the adults on the side of youth sports are having and there's so many great resources I think of some of the newsletters that come to my inbox that just as a young coach young teacher I started signing up for that have made a difference you mentioned Mitch Green um, the changing the game project uh, the positive coaching alliance those are organizations that are on the right side and I've been in a position at Next where, yeah, we do this full time. And yeah, my background is as an, an educator and someone that cares about kids. But we fully acknowledge that we have professionalized some of the youth lacrosse and the youth lacrosse club. And there's a good and a bad and there's tough conversations and there's, you know, uh, glorious moments as well. So I think having some of those conversations that we have offline, bringing them to the pod, 
talking more about them, and then taking advantage of some of the resources we have around here in our office. Coach Lawrence, former Division One coach, a guy that coached against Albany and, and beat the Thompson brothers and played, coached in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he's an outstanding mentor for me. He's someone that's always stopping by my desk, and I'm going, man, this is my job. You know, I'm talking lacrosse with you. Uh, this is pretty freaking awesome. So uh, Tony Resch, another legend that you work with at LaSalle. He's an educator. He's spending his days as an educator, and he's in the Hall of Fame of the NLL. And when he coaches box lacrosse for next, I'm listening, and I'm perked up, and parents are trying to step onto the rink to hear him talk, he's a legend, and we're lucky to brush shoulders with him. And when he talks, it's outstanding to hear the way he delivers a message, just like Coach Leahy, where you're going, man, they might be the most selfless people around. Uh, Brett Manny, another coworker, one of the reasons that Next is a full-time opportunity for me. Uh, he was a great friend and teammate at Delaware. Box lacrosse has changed his life. Uh, he went from being a defensive midfielder that was struggling to get on the field at a Division I school to the player from our Delaware team that's lasted the longest in the professional ranks. He's been a captain of Team USA. Uh, he's definitely a guy that motivates me and a lot of younger kids that we work with. And he's from Bucks County, and he didn't go to uh, you know one of the Interact schools. And he didn't play lacrosse till seventh or eighth grade. I think that perspective of a multi-sport athlete is one that you see articles every day about um, we're not a group that's saying specialize in lacrosse coach Leahy what do you think about specializing in lacrosse multi-sport athletes well I think you've raised so many good topics about uh, where we might be heading with the podcast so I guess I wanted to quickly just go off my my favorite since you asked then I'll get to that question my favorites I think if you're a player or a coach you start with anything written by John Gordon um, especially the energy bus how to wake up every day and have a, a little more positive view of life or your team or your job or your marriage. Of course, the hard hat and the 21 principles of, of how to be a great teammate, m totally prevalent in today's times. Our next 2027 team is reading that every week. A different teammate is standing in front of the group and giving one of the ways to be a great teammate. One of the coolest things I've seen this fall with our club just three or four weeks in. And every time I see it, it's, I'm fired up. Yeah, it's a great book, and John Gordon had a chance to speak to our under-19 USA team back in 2016, and, and he was just, just great. A lot of his TED Talks, and uh, you can find it on YouTube. Some of his, his quick chats are just excellent. One of my favorites that he's written is, you win in the locker room. You win there first before the field. And they just have outstanding insights, especially how to work with young people, how to work with teams, whether it's corporate teams, athletic teams. Uh, it's just really great stuff. Um, almost anything written about the All Blacks, the winningest team in, in the world in any sport, and that's rugby in New Zealand. They just do things differently from keeping a cool head, it's one of their sayings, to sweeping the shed, which is how you take care of your property, your locker room. Um, even Harvard Business School has gone out of its way to talk with the All Blacks, written about the All Blacks, have them as guest speakers. Um, and there's lots to find in lots of books. My favorite podcasts. The Way of Champions, which is the Changing the Game Project podcast. John O'Sullivan is just outstanding. You can enjoy his TED Talk. Um, he has a lot to say about youth sports today. But some of the guests that he has on uh, his podcast, The Way of the Champions, is just outstanding. Some of my, my personal favorites in, in terms of coaching would definitely be Focus 3 by Tim Kite and Urban Myers. 
Uh, Tim Kite is famous for his E plus R equals O philosophy. That's the events of your life you have no control over, but you should be able to be aware of them, name them. But really, it's how you respond to those events, which will lead to its outcomes. And he's been a huge resource, obviously, to coach Urban Myers in Ohio State football, Nick Myers, Ohio State lacrosse, and definitely Team USA. Uh, but he has a podcast, Focus 3, which is just excellent. It covers every topic you can imagine under the sun, from culture building to team building to mental toughness and, and much more. And to hear it come from Urban Myers, college football is just extremely powerful. He has such great stories and, and insights. So in terms of recommendations, I mean, that's where, that's where I turn. Um, that's where I think some of our parents might enjoy listening and our guests. And then I guess what we're looking for down the road in our podcast. What are some of the themes we might might turn to in the months to come this year? I want to talk more about the hot topics in youth sports. I think I talked to a uh, psychologist recently who said, man, you guys are in the middle of every topic in youth sports. Um, The pressure from parents, the uh, year-round programs, specializing in sports, burning out, um, the, the issues, the social issues, bullying, cyberbullying and uh, you could go on and on and and we kind of looked at the guy and said yeah you know that's that's why we want to talk to you very often we're involved in situations where I'm going I'm more than a coach right now you know I'm a mentor I I might be a lifesaver for this young man um, or their family and I think other times it's you might just be a cheerleader and I've learned a lot from coach Leahy just saying I'm here to serve and we want to serve and I think the way that we can serve with this podcast coach is embracing some of those topics, which parents are frequently reaching out to us about, um, which we see in youth sports and we're concerned about. I think one thing that's definitely relevant in our office is gender equality. And um, within lacrosse, I think it's one of very few sports where the men's game and the women's game have very different set of rules and sometimes even fields. And even in uh, men's lacrosse, you could go on with that one too. I think box lacrosse is another topic we want to talk more about. Um, we touched on it today. We're really pumped it's back in Philadelphia. We run box teams. I'm fired up. I'm, I'm wearing gear at those sessions so I can learn the game because these kids today have way more opportunities than we did when I grew up. And uh, another topic would be the creator's game and the history of the sport and what it means um, as far as the culture of the sport, the brotherhood, and really bigger than you know, most people realize until they learn those lessons. Uh, I always enjoy being at camp with you and um, hearing you explain the story of the Creators game and the way you learned it in Baltimore. And I think for our, our young men, especially in this area, we need to grow, grow the game, and it needs to be a more diverse sport, and we need to be more culturally aware of some of the stereotypes of lacrosse and breaking them, and some of the success stories, we need to tell more. I think this is an area where uh, I, I just want to celebrate the game and continue to talk about um, conversations that start here and take them to a bigger platform. They're great topics. I can't wait to explore all of those, Marty. I might add a couple of my own, maybe safety and overplaying a little bit. That seems to be a topic I hear from parents. I I definitely heard it from a high-level trainer who was heading off to Vegas uh, to be a part of the national training uh, conference. And the first thing she said is we're seeing more and more injuries of a young person that we used to see with college graduates. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I'd like to explore the high school relationship with club lacrosse. 
that's uh, complicated. There's a lot that's really good there. There's a lot that's challenging there, having been and are on both sides. And I, I think working with today's iGen generation, they present a lot of different challenges, not better or worse, just different, just as we were different than our own parents. But working with young men who want to run to their phone instead of you know, listening just as much as to their coaches. So there's some topic challenges you asked earlier that I'd like to explore. And of course, I'm really excited about our potential guests. Like you mentioned, Tony Resch, a good friend, a colleague, box legend as a coach. Of course, I think he's been a part of more USA teams coaching in one way or another, head coach, assistant coach, than any, any person I know. He'd be a great guest, and I'm looking forward to asking him to come on with us in the months to come. Tucker Durkin would be great to have and hear about the professional level and what it's like to be on the U.S. world team and, and now coaching down at Drexel. Of course, we'll find our way to have Matt Rambo and hear it. Rambo has to say, you know, talk about a guy who has everything, right? He's got the name. He's got the Philly brand. He is kind of short and stocky with a great center of gravity. And then, of course, he's a lefty who can shoot lights out of the ball. And that's been one of my greatest prides to see. After, you know, after he left LaSalle, he was a pure scorer. And credit to the coaches at Maryland that, that made him a outstanding feeder as well. And so Matt's really grown into a well-rounded lacrosse player. And that's taken that to the indoor game where he's just been outstanding for the Philadelphia Wings and I believe Team USA. So we'd love to have Matt and then, of course, a native to help us better understand the rich tradition. And if we were able to accomplish half of that in our first year as a podcast, we will have been exceptionally successful. So I'm grateful, Coach Coop, for the opportunity. I can't wait for the year to come to watch us grow, change, and, uh, and have our guests and hopefully make a difference in Philadelphia and USA lacrosse. So, Coach, 28 years at LaSalle College High School. Uh, looking back, is there one moment that stands out you want to share with us for the first podcast? Wow, that's a great question. Surely could be any host of stories about players. We could do a whole other series on parents. <laughs> but I think if I look back over my 28 years, one of my most personal memories that, that stuck out the most and had a, a great impact on me is in 2009, our team was... Preseason ranked number one by U.S. across in the nation, uh, along with Gilman. They might have been one. We might have been two. might have been the other way around. And we were able to schedule in the offseason the opportunity to go play West Genesee up in upstate New York, like the Notre Dame of high school lacrosse. You know, Coach Messier was uh, just a legend, U.S. lacrosse Hall of Fame. And uh, they have so many great traditions, and you would read so much about them, how they wear their socks, their white socks up to their knees, and they all have the same haircut. And it was just something we couldn't believe that, that he said yes. And so we loaded up from LaSalle on a March day and traveled up to West Jenny to spend the night. Coach Rash and I were both really excited. We entered the little town, and there was a, the, the sign of welcome to West Jenny, and it listed their state championships for lacrosse. We stopped and had our picture taken. And then, of course, we arrived at the school, and we got to meet Coach, which was a real honor and privilege. And then it began to snow, and he started thinking, yes, we are in West Jenny. Um, we just couldn't wait to, to watch them play in person. And we were, we were a really good team, obviously. They're a legendary program. To watch their fundamental stick work, I mean, that is a topic that I am constantly on, was on with our LaSalle guys, but it was like a different level. They didn't throw the ball away. They were technically sound. The way they c would catch and throw, their ground balls, it was like watching the encyclopedia of how to play LaSalle, lacrosse technically sound come to life right in front of you and then the winds kicking up the snows coming down coach Resch leaned over to me and said 
I would do anything to move our benches to the other side of the field so, so the wind would uh, go off of our backs instead. But um, even in man up, we would just be thinking to ourselves, just have a free goal. Your stick work is that excellent. You are so fundamentally advanced. And when you're a man up, we'll just call it a day. We'll just give you the free goal, go back to the face-off X. But it was a good day to be an explorer. We actually won that day, one of the, the few home losses for West Jenny over a very long career for coach. And, and then to watch them have to go run. In tradition, when they lose, they have to go for a run. And to know that that's one of the few times that they had to do so. And it was at the hands of our young men and our student athletes. And we had a very athletic team. I mean, they were definitely better, I think, lacrosse players. But uh, I think we were just bigger, stronger athletes. And so a nice victory for the Explorers that day. Back in 2009, we had the opportunity to have dinner with them, with Coach and the families of West Jenny. And it was just a phenomenal experience. And uh, to come back to LaSalle and to have everybody be proud that we had, we had gone on to take on the Notre Dame of high school lacrosse and came back with a victory. Coach sent us a very kind card afterwards. But when I look back over 28 years, that was definitely a, a very unique highlight that had a great meaning for me. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach, uh, for taking this on with me. I'm incredibly excited. Uh, they say anytime you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're growing. I think this is that opportunity for us. We've been pacing around. So definitely something we will grow with, get more comfortable with. A little bit more on next lacrosse, where you can follow us. Uh, you can follow Next Lacrosse on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, plenty of photos and information about everything we do. Uh, we're also at Next Lacrosse on Twitter, on Instagram, and they tell me we're on TikTok as well. Not just there yet with my social media knowledge, but uh, we do have a marketing department. Um, and then the Next Boys Lacrosse Club, I run the accounts for those. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at NextLCBoys. And Really appreciate uh, any support we can get here from our own club lacrosse parents, anyone in the lacrosse community, and we're an open book. So if you want to reach out to Coach Leahy or myself, give us feedback, be a guest, uh, propose a topic or a question, uh, we would love to hear from you. Again, the lacrosse world is a great one, a small one, and uh, we want to continue to grow it and stay connected as well. So thank you. Uh, we're signing off from the Navy Yard. Navy Yard.